Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. Well, this morning I'm not going to give you a full-blown sermon, but more of a Christmas meditation. Uh, It will not just be one text as we've been going through Galatians, but we're going to look at several different texts, and we'll be flipping throughout the Bible so all the Baptists will love it. But for the the rest of us, I'm going to put the verses up on the screen because we are going to move quickly. Let me summarize the meditation. Fear not. Throughout the Bible, there are a lot of times that God calls his people to not be afraid. Isaiah 43, 5. Fear not, for I am with you. You will even see Jesus trying to calm his disciples' fears in Luke 12, 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's like we need these calming reassurances because fear tends to be the default mode of the human heart. There are a variety of fears in here. For a variety of reasons, many of you fear war or political elections, deadly insects, contagious diseases, or reckless drivers. And your fear may be more personal. You're afraid of widowhood, afraid your marriage won't get fixed, afraid for your kids or your grandkids that they will go astray and never come back to Jesus, afraid of not having enough money, afraid for your health, afraid of death, or afraid of the afterlife. A lot of fears in here. And fear can dominate your life even if you don't realize it. Fear can dominate your life even if you don't realize it. Throughout the 21 plus years I've been a pastor, I just wanna let you in on something. As we lived in LA, Chicago, there have been times throughout that ministry where I have stepped aside and gone to visit a Christian counselor to share my life and process what's going on. You see, if you don't know anything about pastors is that we drop like flies. All across the board, America, pastors are dropping out, quitting for a variety of reasons, and you just know of the scandals. But the statistics are staggering. Basically, one in 10 that graduates from seminary will actually finish the ministry into retirement. Most leave. And I can understand why, because it becomes isolating. And you can't process and you can't talk to anybody in the church where you can, but it's just difficult. And so what I have done from time to time, I've gone to see Christian counselors. And I went to go see one about three to four years ago. And I was just telling him all that was going on in my life. And he looked me right in the eye and he said, I hear a lot of fear. And he was right. And my main fear is that life would cave in on me. That everything would just fall apart. And he looked me right in the eye and he said, when was the last time you weren't afraid? 
And that cut me. And I could not think the last time I wasn't afraid. And I put that question to you. When was the last time you weren't afraid? Throughout the Bible, God commands us over and over and over again not to be afraid. Did you know that it can be argued that the command, fear not, is the most repeated command in the Bible? It really seems, if I'm reading the Bible rightly, that God doesn't want us to be afraid. And yet, if I look at my life and I look at your life, it seems like fear dominates. And one of the greatest reasons we shouldn't be afraid is centered on Jesus Christ. And I want to give you a very wordy but important truth. I just can't think of a better way to put it. Is that there should be no room for fear in the life of a believer because of Jesus' miraculous birth, perfect life, substitutionary death, glorious resurrection, sovereign reign, ongoing presence, and imminent return. Again, there should be no room for fear in the life of a believer because of Jesus' miraculous birth, perfect life, substitutionary death, glorious resurrection, sovereign reign, ongoing presence, and imminent return. Fear not. And what we want to do this morning, I want to take a little moment to just think about these fear not concepts surrounding the birth of Jesus. We're going to look at four quick encounters where an angel shows up on the scene with Zechariah, Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds and says, fear not. Now, when I used to read these passages, I used to think that the angel shows up on the scene, the person freaks out, and then the angel says, fear not, because maybe they are scared that they are seeing an angel. But if you look at the passages closely, I think the idea is not just, uh-oh, there's an angel, I'm scared, fear not. But you know what? There's a lot of stuff already going on in the life of that person that causes fear. And so the angel is calming them down, not just from his presence, but in their life, fear not. So this is some really good stuff. All right, so you ready to go to these four encounters of fear not? Let's do it. Let's start with Zechariah. You don't have to turn, by the way, because I'm going to be really fast here. <laughs> so an angel appeared to Zechariah the priest as he was serving at the temple, and the Bible tells us that fear fell upon him. And then in Luke 1.13, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid. You can underline that in your Bible. If you're in the Pew Bible, underline it in the Pew Bible. It's fine. Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. So mixed with the fear of encountering an angel, we could also suppose that Zechariah had a couple of other fears. The oppression of Israel, and he and his wife were childless. Now, for those of you who in your life and your past who've dealt with infertility, that can be some scary stuff. 
And for those of you who've dealt with a variety of oppression, that can be some scary stuff. And yet the angel bombards him with hope that he has heard his prayer not only for a child, but also for the salvation of Israel. And I don't know if you know this, but this guy right here, Zechariah, was going to be the father of John the Baptist, who would pave the way for Jesus and redeem people from the oppression of sin. Fear not. Now let's consider Mary. The angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and gave her a lofty greeting that troubled her. And Gabriel says, starting in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, underline, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Now this is a quite a heavy prophecy given to an unwed virgin teenager. Not only was she going to have a, a virgin birth, but her child was going to be the Son of God and rule forever as the Messiah. There's a famous Christian song that asked the question, Mary, did you know? Well, apparently she did. And that's the issue that could stir up a lot of fear. And the angel calms her down and says, fear not. Let's move on to Joseph. An angel appeared to Joseph in his dreams, you may remember, to calm his fears as he was going to take Mary as his wife, even though she's already pregnant. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. But when he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid, underline, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Talk about fear. Your soon-to-be wife is pregnant, and that baby is not yours. And you are figuring out how to get out of the engagement. The angel calms him down, explains it's a part of God's plan, who was going to bring Jesus on the scene to save his people from their sins. Fear not. And lastly, we have the shepherds. Around the time of the birth of Jesus, some shepherds who were out in the field, an angel appeared to them, and it says they were greatly afraid. And then in Luke 2, verses 10 through 11, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, underline, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. There it is again, do not be afraid. This is good news, not bad news that they might be accustomed to. The Savior, the Messiah, who is Christ the Lord, is to be born. Fear not. So put it all together, okay? All these people surrounding the birth of Jesus, actors in this great drama, were commanded to fear not. 
And this command made sense, not just because of Jesus' miraculous birth, but because of his soon-to-be perfect life and substitutionary death, glorious resurrection, sovereign reign, ongoing presence, and second coming. And from our standpoint, right, from our standpoint in 2018, this makes total sense that they should not be afraid. It's almost as if we could go back in time and counsel them and exhort them. We would say, come on, we've seen the outcome here. We know what's going to happen. You don't need to be scared. You don't need to be afraid. He's going to be... He's going to have live a perfect life. He's going to have an atoning death. He is going to be buried and rise. He's going to send right hand of the Father. He's going to send the Holy Spirit among his people. He will be with you always, and he'll come back a second time to set up his kingdom. It makes sense. Do not be afraid. 2018, how much more should we take the finger and point at us? How much more should we not be afraid compared to them? They hadn't seen any of that. And we have seen it all, right? We've seen the miraculous birth. We know he died on the cross. We know he was buried. We know he rose. We know he ascended. We know the Holy Spirit is in us. And we're just sitting around waiting for the second coming. So it makes sense, more sense for us, that we shouldn't be afraid. Don't you agree? And yet, there's still some fear hanging around. There's some fear hanging around in us. Rather than faith and dependent trust, fear is stirring around in us, even though we've seen all of that. I want to kind of push into you, push into your heart now. And I want to talk about three common areas of fear that I guarantee at one time or another you have dealt with. Maybe you're in it now. Just, just briefly, and let's just do this. Here's, here's the common fear number one. Fear not death. Many of us are enslaved by that fear. And, and we know the gospel truth of Jesus is that through his death and resurrection, Satan has been conquered, sin has been dealt with, and through faith we're reconciled to the Father. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 puts it like this. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. I want to go really slow here, that those who put their faith in Jesus are no longer to fear death because we no longer fear the wrath of God. We no longer fear the captivity of Satan, and death is not a separation from God. I'm going to go slow here. Jesus came to save us from our sins through his substitutionary death which means he faced wrath in our place. So there is no wrath left for us. It has been fully poured out on Christ. So there is no need for us to fear death and separation from God because it will never occur. And this is good news for all those who repent and put their faith in Jesus. Fear not death. 
Many years ago, there was this man, he was 73 years old, and he wandered into our little church in Santa Monica, California. His name was John Flaglore, and I think he just came in and stuck around because people loved him, and he loved on us. And I'll never forget him because this is a guy I sat down with tons of times and explained the gospel to him. And no matter what I said, his heart was hard and unrepentant. But then that hard heart, spiritually speaking, he had a heart attack and almost died. And I went to go visit him in the hospital because he was still recovering. And I walked into the room, and as much as a man can be active after having a heart attack, he looked at me and he lunged at me. As much as a 73-year-old man in a hospital bed can lunge, he lunged at me and he said, I want to believe and follow Jesus as Lord. I couldn't believe it. He had just come close to death and judgment, and it's almost as if the gospel took root within him, and John Flaglore became a serious follower of Christ who no longer feared death, no longer feared judgment because of Jesus Christ. It was amazing. Fear not death. Another common area of fear has to do with people. And so we can say, fear not people. Perhaps you're afraid of the the judgment and the opinions of others, and it can be crippling. And maybe there are portions in your life where you were really afraid of people and what they may say or what they may do. And there's a lot of verses in the Bible about this, but if I could just summarize what the Bible, the main gist is, is that God is with you, for you, And ultimately, his judgment and view of you is the only one that matters. God is with you, for you, and ultimately, his judgment and view of you is the only one that matters. And what we want, we want the truth of God's word to break through these fears. We have Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6 that says, So that we confidently say, The Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid, what will man do to me? There's this verse, you know, another translation says, what can man do to me? And if you want to push back at that verse, you can say, well, man can kill me. And that's kind of scary. Well, Jesus pushes back against that, as he says in Matthew 10, 28. Do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. The idea is that those in Christ will not face hell, but eternal acceptance in heaven. So ultimately, there is nothing that anyone on this earth that can do to us that will be ultimately fatal. There is no opinion that someone may have of you. There is nothing that they can do to you that will be ultimately fatal. And we want to see this kind of this breaking from the fear of man so we have a proper fear of God. And I know just sharing a few verses with you here, December 23rd is not going to break off completely this fear of others. Because even though we know these truths, our hearts can sometimes be stuck. Maybe there's been a fear of others in your life when you were little. In fact, fear so gripped me of others when I was in the third grade 
and the bullies were, were messing with me, I could not even stand to go to school. So I faked being sick, and in third grade, I missed 53 days of school. And so I grow up. The fear of others is kind of there in high school. The fear of others is there in college. And I tell you, if there's any other job that I should not have is that of being a pastor. <laughs> right? That's the worst. Because you're always going to get other people's opinions. Not from this church, but I'm just saying, other churches. <laughs> and God's been working on me. He's been working on me. And if God's working on you, I, I, I just I, I hesitantly throw out a resource. A, a book that's really helped me, it's called When People Are Big and God is Small. When People Are Big and God is Small. Because when you're struggling with the fear of others, people seem so big and God seems small. Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, who is against us? It's not that other people are not against us, but who of consequence compared to God matters. God is for us. Who's against us? God is with you. He is for you. His judgment and view of you is the only one that matters. Fear not people. And lastly, fear not the future. Fear not the future. Fear of the future and what's going to happen next in your life is a common experience. Maybe you're anxious about finances, relationships, health, and a host of other circumstances. And you were not meant to live as this fretful and fearful child of God because Jesus is Lord. And if we believe that Jesus is Lord, that means he is sovereign in control of everything that happens in your life. That means that today and in the future, he will continue to work for your good and for his glory. And so we're not to fear the future. My wife and I had a chance to get away overnight this past Friday night as our two oldest children watch the kids that's wonderful there's benefits to having seven kids the two oldest watch them we got away it was great and while we were away my wife and i watched a documentary called loud crazy love and it was about this guy can we see a picture of this guy now here's the deal if you can tell me who that is you will win a free bulletin <laughs> anybody want to take a guess who that is Anybody else? All right, maybe you already knew. It's, it's Brian Welch. He's the lead singer of the metal band Korn. Of course you knew that. And this band's huge in the 90s, 2000s. And he destructed on his life through drugs and immorality and rage. He saw no way out. And then he gets radically saved. He leaves the band and he's trying to raise his only daughter, and in the midst of that, he's losing millions. So he was saved, but he's got these fears of the future because what's he supposed to do now? What does it mean to walk with the Lord? What does it mean to raise a daughter? And so he had all these fears compiled, and he said that he felt like he was a pumpkin, and God is scooping out all the junk to make room for his light. There's a lot of fear in him. Well, many years later, 
His daughter, right now, is following Jesus. He rejoined this band called Corn, and he tours the world, and it's a secular band, and he goes to some really rough places, but he is preaching Jesus Christ. And I know that many of you have fears of what is going to happen next, and you may be in that spot where God is scooping out all the junk, and the future can seem fearful. But let me leave you some encouraging words that Jesus left with his disciples. Let these sink in. Familiar verses. Matthew 6, 34. So do not worry about tomorrow. I could just camp on that one right there. Let that one take root in my life. Matthew 6, 25. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Instead of fear and anxiety, you're to seek the Lord and to take care of you. Matthew 6, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And lastly, consider Jesus' encouragement in Matthew 10, 29-31. Are not two sparrows sold for a cent and yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. If God is in control of insignificant sparrows sold for a penny and oversees their death, then how much more does he care for you? Don't be afraid of your life. Because the same God that knows your hair count also values you and directs your life for good and His glory. Fear not the future. Now of these three, what's your typical struggle? Where do you struggle the most? Is it the fear of death? The fear of people? Fear of the future? Or all three? You see, if you have these fears inside of you, one thing you want to do is not deny them, but to be open with God and tell Him He already knows. And to be open with the community here and share with one another. Because we want to create this community where we are inspiring one another on to trusting Jesus Christ, even in the midst of these fears being stirred up. There was a couple that I knew once who had a special motto that they wrote on their refrigerator for the new year. It was called, No Fear, New Year. And this couple had faced some pretty serious unknowns of whether a job would continue. In addition, they faced some really serious health issues. And it wasn't just a motto for them. It was a daily coming back to Jesus Christ. And hopefully this no fear new year that's coming up in a few days won't just be a motto, but will be this developing of trust in Jesus Christ and his control. And I do want to tell you this. Just because you get to a point where you're trusting Christ does not mean bad things will not happen. We are not one of those fake churches that says if you have enough faith, then you can avoid calamity. Not here. 
We believe Psalm 112.7. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting the Lord. I love that verse because it's not saying, well, bad news will never come his way. But he's saying, even when it comes, he's not going to be afraid. I love that. Because his heart is going to be firm, trusting the Lord. And so it should be with us. No matter what comes our way at the end of this year or in the new year, we want our hearts firm, trusting the Lord, and we want to be keep coming back to trusting the Lord because we're locked in on the historical and eternal realities rooted in Jesus Christ. That there should be no room for fear in the life of a believer because of Jesus' miraculous birth, perfect life, substitutionary death, glorious resurrection, sovereign reign, ongoing presence, and imminent return. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922 0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.